Navidad, everybody. Welcome to Move Left Idiots, a uh, socialist talk podcast. I'm your host, Anthony Montrulo, joined here by my co-host, Comrade Dracula. Comrade, what's going on? I get, you had had said you couldn't believe there weren't more uh, punk covers of that song, and I told you that I found uh, 10 of them. Ten of I, them. Should, I should say prominent punk because <laughs> you know by bands i've fucking heard of but no i, I agree right. yes there are, there are plenty but um well that was the best one i found um right but yeah i mean you get Slim the first Pickens. the first 60 seconds of the song you get the gist of it you don't need to hear more than that so that's what we did yeah. as an intro instead of the outro you know we'll it's, have a, uh, a different christmas song at the end of this episode so tune in for that don't well, you know it's that. it was funny actually that the the cd that this was from the compilation cd of like punk rock christmas covers i had in heavy rotation in high school because this was like i'm pretty sure this came out in 03 so it was like right when i was starting high school uh and and there was uh the fucking blink 182 christmas song uh i won't be home for christmas and then there was a fallout boy christmas song called uh of course you'll shoot your eye out but you'll like y-u-l-e oh (laughs) see i (laughs) which which was exactly all the rage in the 2000s is really dumb long alliterative song titles uh but yeah no great record but anyway, and this and this was on that, so that's why I actually remember this when you uh, well, just triggered the, some memories when like you, the, when you the thumbnail thing. of the YouTube image looks like they uploaded it in like 2007 or something, right? It, you know, it's and so it's, it's, it's so all of its time. Fucking skinny white guys with spiked hair and like skinny ties, you know, and it's just like oh my right. god, right? Right, it's a it's, it's, it's really a very yeah. <laughs> Only in one time ever could that have existed. That look. There's a reason why between the year 2000 and the year 2008 or so, I only listened to like instrumental funk fusion <clears throat> Miles Davis because <laughs> there was nothing on the radio that had lyrics to it or any pop song that I was interested in that span of time. But um, it was now an I'm interesting a little time. Less, uh, little less pretentious, but still. Right, right. Well, yeah, yeah. That no, was an interesting time for sure. Um, but yeah, all right. So let's let's get into the news because we have a lot of shit I want to cover today. Obviously, well, this is before, be we, Christmas before we get up, into yeah. the, the news of the world, uh, I you know, speaking of getting more into pop sensibilities, I went and saw Spider Man, and let me tell you, um, I did everything I could to avoid not just spoilers, but to avoid the trailers for it too, because they came out with a a three minute teaser trailer. And I'm like, that's already too much. You're telling me too much. I don't want to know who's in this. I don't want to know who shows up. I don't want to know anything. And I didn't watch any other trailer for it. Right. So people who had watched the trailers were already spoiling things by telling me about the trailers. And I'm like, I don't even want to know that. Shut up. I don't want to hear this. Right. You you know of multiple villains that show up in the trailer that like, if you had seen the movie cold, you would be like, Oh fuck, what the fuck? Like, you know, you kind of, and by the way, we should mention up top, I didn't see the movie, so we're not going to be, we won't spoil any of the movie, so you don't have to fast forward if you haven't seen right. it yet. Um, we're, we're just going to talk broadly about it, because obviously it was a huge story this week, you know, both because of the movie opening and because of the fact that it shattered, like, every pandemic box office record, and, you know, it and did insanely so. well. And rightly so, because it, this was because so many people didn't want it to get spoiled. And they they were like, if I don't go see this the first weekend, mm-hmm. it's going to get spoiled for me. And I want to go there 
And I, and I knew it was going to be big because this was, you know, the rumors were out there, you know, the rumors of what could happen. And, you know, I never saw any spoilers, but I had heard those rumors and, you know, it's just kind of like, you know, something that you think would be such a great idea, but to like actually make it happen, you know, cause they can do anything in the animation, but to, to do it all live action like that, you know, <laughs> like, you know, how hard it is to make a movie, let alone make yeah. it good, let alone make it sure, you know, the, the hundreds of billions of dollars go into good writing, <laughs> you know, and to keep shit secret. That was like pretty, I mean, they didn't really, cause like a lot, I know a lot of, and again, we won't be talking about what, but a lot of like major, you know, like, set like set photographs of certain costumes like from the set leaked and stuff like that sure. but what, i mean you know it is what it is so like shit happened when like, you millions when you saw endgame did you have a, a like a packed theater for endgame where everyone was just like cheering like crazy at the end of it uh when did endgame come out i don't even remember 2018 that. i you know i don't remember i think that was in the time period where i was working a lot and i used to go see matinees because I yeah. was like, the, on my Wednesday off, I could kind of go like to the first showing because I didn't have shit to do that day. So I, I do remember it being like vaguely full, but not crazy because it was so like Wednesday afternoon. You but, remember yeah. those videos of? But yeah, um, we've seen the videos of people like the, going the nuts in the theaters. The you know towards the end of Game of Thrones when a certain character does a certain thing to another certain character. And you watch those videos of everyone who's like, you know, in a mall or a bar and they're watching that moment and they're like, <gasps> very <gasps> nifty move with a dagger. Yeah, if that, just, yeah. Right. So, you, but you saw those crowd reaction videos and right. it was I was like watching was, your team win the Super Bowl. It was like, fucking it was incredible. like every, every goal at the world cup. You, when you see people just right. up and go fucking crazy. So that, you know, I, I shared that that sense of holy shit, holy shit, holy shit, you know, in that moment in Game of Thrones. Um, but I wasn't in a huge room full of people and I wish I could have been because that would have been amazing. Yeah. And then to, you know, just a couple of days later was when um, Endgame came out. Uh, it was like the same weekend or, or yeah, it was like one came out on a Friday and the other one came out on a Saturday, on a Sunday night. Um, and they, they, you know, everyone's like, oh, they're both named Stark. <laughs> Not to spoil anything, but um, so, but when I saw Endgame, it was like, it, it was that at the very end. Right. People were like getting up out of their seats and, you know, crying and everything. So uh, Spider-Man No Way Home, I was like, this is going to be a big deal. But like they, you know, there's been so many speculations about Marvel shit, you know, Mephisto and WandaVision that were completely wrong. That's, it's like people just made it up and you never really know like where the rumor comes from. And it's like, you know, all of this, all the things we heard that could possibly be might not be here at all. We don't know. I mean, I think those were more even fan theories about like, oh, sure. maybe Dr. Strange is Mephisto. Like, that's just people bullshitting because they have nothing better to do than make it like a two hour YouTube video about a two minute trailer. You right. know? Like well, and they have monetized channels, so they have to turn right. out content right. every day, no matter how ridiculous it is. So uh, th- this was it was like I, re- I realized the crowd there was mostly like age probably 20 to 25 Mm-hmm. And, you know, those those early Spider-Man films in the early 2000s and going on, you know, kind of forward prior to the MCU really kicking off in earnest with Iron Man, like all the people in the theater were little kids when those movies came out. You know, like I was already to the point where I was kind of like, yeah, they're kind of silly. They're kind of, you know, it's not really for me. Right. Um, you know, I'm into kind of the more art cinema at the time, you know, and of course, I've I've gotten more into the MCU as they've gotten more mature about their storytelling. Um, but I was like, holy shit, these people are way more into Spider-Man than I am. Or at least that's kind of how I felt at first. But by the end of this movie, 
it's so fucking good and written so well. And it does so many things that even if you had it spoiled for you, you didn't know how they were going to do it or, or the way it was going to work and the way it was going to move the story forward. In right. a way you couldn't have even possibly predicted uh, that you're just, it's like this, this movie made me like the character more. And Tom Holland already had done a lot of work to make me like the character and, and play the character in a way that felt like it was actually a teenage kid and not, you know, a guy who's 30 pretending to go to high school. <laughs> well, I, it, that's just real as a real quick aside. I, I, talk, I was talking about this with people at work today. The funniest thing about your, the, uh, the second Spider-Man movie, when when he's fighting Doc Ock on the subway and like his mask gets ripped off and he's like laying there in the subway car and everyone's looking at him. Oh, yeah. And the one guy goes, oh, he looks like a kid. He's no, he's no older than my son. And the guy is like, t- like five years older than Tobey Maguire. who's like 35. <laughs> in the- I'm like, come on, dude. That, that, right. Nobody's buying this shit. Like, but yes, no, I, Tom Holland was the first Spider-Man, first Peter Parker, rather, to actually feel like Peter Parker, to feel like the Peter Parker you play as in the PS4 game Spider-Man. Like, that's the closest. Right. I think they've ever hewn well, to the they, actual comic Peter Parker. And, and he's, they gave you know, him a, a proper similar. fucking, they gave him the proper Queen's accent too. I mean, there's that right, great which little, is fucking great. the split moment in um, Civil War where Steve Rogers and him introduced themselves to each other. And they're just like Queens, Bronx, and they both sound right. like they're from those places. <laughs> right. You know, I right. wasn't doing the accent, you know. Properly, no, no, I but, got you. I got you. Um, and everyone's no, yeah, and he's that British, movie, which is you know, it's great that he he could do that. So yeah. all they're all, all the all the fucking people are British. They're all fucking stealing our jobs. Um, but yeah, people said at this time that like you know the, the great thing about the MCU is they gave they had a better you know Spider-Man origin story that was just a scene within itself that's only fifteen minutes long in the middle of that movie than all the other movies that were supposed to be just Spider-Man before it. <laughs> and, right. you know, and they got to, you know, but then people complained like, well, he's supposed to be on his own and struggling, not being this protege of this billionaire. And it's like, this movie addresses that in a way that uh, is going to kind of, those people are going to understand like why they did what they did and where the story gets to. And you're going to be like, Oh, Oh, I, I see it. I see what they were doing all along. And, you know, I kind of joked that like, oh, we didn't, we've never really gotten a proper uh, Peter Parker origin story. Like, how does he get <laughs> right. his powers? He didn't look, like, I, I said that ironically. And then the film actually, in a way, um, does those things. All right. Yeah. Interesting. I, you know, and the one, the one thing I do love about the Tobey Maguire, Sp- and, and I actually really like those movies. I think they hold up a lot better than I even remember them. I, you know having watched them semi recently they they really do hold up um but the great thing about that peter parker is he actually is a poor kid like he he literally does get fired from his job delivering pizzas and he lives in a <laughs> shitty apartment with like a fucking crazy landlord like that's that's the great part about those movies like if you can meld that element of the character with the tom harlan uh, tom holland rather peter parker i think that would be like the perfect synthesis but you know I guess we'll see what happens once I see the movie, but uh, yeah, no, I, 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 it's it's the one the one thing that they do fucking perfectly is is the Spider Man, you know, this this current iteration of the MCU Sony, you know, partnership of Spider Man. I think they've really gotten everything right that every other Spider Man adaptation's kind of you know gotten wrong so far for the most right. part. Right, because they didn't have people that understood the character. You know, it's it's like 
you know, making it all the Garfield Spider-Man. You know, he did his best, but those movies. Yeah, it's like, like, hey, what if we made a a dark Christopher Nolan Superman? You know, and it's like that's you don't understand the character and no, no. don't respect the people who do. So no, but it it is kind of amazing Mm. that, you know, we, we got our shit together for this pandemic just long enough to be able to go back and, and see a blockbuster and make sure it made a quarter of a billion dollars its opening weekend. And then COVID came back with a vengeance days later. <laughs> right. and now, now, yeah, now, now go back into your caves. Because... Oh, so, so New York city, shit. New York city's had or New York state, I, I believe has had their three biggest COVID infection days in a row, three days in a row, 21,000 plus this week, this positive week. cases, not just not this week, just this wave, but ever. Yeah, no, this this beats the initial March 2020 insanity where, you know, New York was the by far the hardest hit, you know, and then this also beats the um uh, the fall 2020. I think it was fall 2020. The, the, like or yeah, fall 2020 into winter 2020 wave which was also massive, which actually even dwarfed the original March 2020 wave. Um and yeah, no, it's 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 fucking everyone has covid in new york i uh i've been telling people that i literally am like having nightmares about answering phone calls asking whether or not the pharmacy i work at has any rapid tests because that's literally all we did all day today no we don't have any rapid tests no we don't know any any more are coming in yes we'll take your number down but no we don't know how you know just all day long fucking quite like just people well well, are you you gonna have like a limit on how many i can buy when they come i'm like this i i I are they gonna scalp them right 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 i I, or no just you know it's the 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 typical white you know upper middle class uh, terrified so they're gonna hoard 50 boxes of it when you know they could use five and everyone else could use it and functioning society could function but um I, 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 I truly feel for all of the uh, retail workers that Arnold Schwarzenegger harasses in Jingle All the Way looking for a Turbo Man doll because I t- truly felt like just, you know, constant or like just it, it it was crazy the way people were fucking, yeah, are looking for these tests. So when no they call you, nobody has you pick up the phone and they say, do you have any COVID tests? You go, well, that depends. Did you get a vaccine yet or not? <laughs> right i should honestly i should but you know we don't have them even for the people that did get it so it you know it's a it's a moot point unfortunately um yeah it nobody has the the fucking rapid tests i mean i you know i've mentioned a million times i'm actually glad now that the that story i've mentioned a bunch of times that kind of got buried when it happened initially uh about abbott destroying a bunch of product to make sure that they didn't flood the market and have to lower their prices for those Binax tests that they have, the rapid, you know, at home tests, mm-hmm. uh, that that story kind of got re-upped in the New York Times this week, and it was being shared around again. And I think people, rightly, like I was when I read it, were fucking furious because, you know, it, let alone the, the the disgusting capitalist profiteering and and you know the idea of like it just the stupidity of a company like Abbott that should be immediately seized by the government for not anticipating the fact that there would be another wave of COVID and that we would need more tests. They, they literally like, it wouldn't profit them as a company to destroy those tests. If they thought there would be another wave of COVID, they're just idiots. The people that run that company are just fucking idiots. They literally could stash those in like, you know, a storage a shipping container somewhere that nobody would find and then pull them out when right now, when they could be selling them like hotcakes they're just the biggest idiots in the world run that company. So in any event, uh, 
tests are really hard to find right now uh and rather than mass produce them you know biden has basically let these companies kind of run pseudo monopolies now you know we talked last week about how jen psaki basically laughed in someone's face when they were just like hey can you like maybe do the bare minimum and like send people tests for free like they do in every other fucking developed nation in europe and 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 she like incredulously asked like what what are are you send a test to every american um and this week after the the massive fucking shitstorm that was unleashed on her and on the administration uh joe biden announced that he is going to be using the the power of the federal government to buy 500 million uh at home tests and send them to people for free like which literally is the bare minimum the easiest thing you could possibly do now again like everything that the neoliberal capitalists in this country do it's not even a half measure and it's not nearly enough because 500 million tests you know 350 million people in this country you do the math. That's not going to be any kind of a sustainable system of testing where you could use that to. But everyone, everyone gets one and a half tests. What's not to like? Right, and they last you forever. Like that, like that fourteen hundred dollar <laughs> check that we're still c- cruising off of. You know, the 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 big fat checks that we got uh, like a year ago. We're I mean, all we're all still living off of those, right? I don't think that we need to send a, a, a COVID test to every American. I mean, surely there's a way that you can means test a way to get a COVID test, right? <laughs> Right. Show show that you have some kind of medical need to get the COVID test ahead of time so we know we're not wasting the test on you, right? Because if you come back with a, ne- a negative result, then, I mean, that's, that's a waste of money that we could have spent on somebody who was sick. Right. Right. Like that poor, that poor general who only has 15 F-35s on his, uh, on his, on his crew, on his a tanker on a cruiser rather than instead of you know the 20 that he wants i mean uh, if but, one gets blown off the fucking off the carrier deck then you know you're gonna need a couple more right so carrier, just, that's just, what just, i was looking for yeah just gotta yeah. gotta have a few extra a few few right. hundred thousand extra right and, and again this is literally shit that like poor countries have been able to figure out how to find the money to do is just send their citizenry tests every week so that they can test themselves before going out because that's the only thing that really is going to stop COVID this time around, you know, coupled with vaccines is actually giving people a free and or almost free uh, and easy way of testing themselves before they go out into public. Like if you had free tests sent to your house every week, you know, five free tests, let's say per per adult per week, uh, you'd test yourself in the morning before you went to work or before you went to a store or before you went to a, a, a like a fucking show, whatever, you know, and you'd be like, oh, good, I'm negative. Uh, or if you were positive, you know you're positive. But uh, I don't fucking test myself before I go anywhere unless it's like somewhere really important. Like, you know, I'm going to my in-laws house for Thanksgiving or whatever, because it's fucking expensive. It's $30 for a two pack of tests, two pack of rapid tests, you know, in this country. Um, and it's just not affordable for anybody to do on a consistent basis unless you're already in a position where you're not going to be affected by the pandemic much anyway. So. Yeah, it, it's it's a fucking nightmare. It's a fiasco. Um, but you know, th- and this and the thing that bothers me about this though is that I guarantee you this will be much like the fourteen hundred, not really two thousand dollar checks that we got. This will be a one and done. They'll do it once, and he'll brag about this and act as if he's like God's gift to f- fucking humanity because he sent us one test one time that everyone used, you know, once, and then it was done, and then you know, you're on your fucking own again, like we are now. Like, that's going to be what happens. And then he'll 
talk about this on the campaign trail and then lose to Donald Trump by 15 to 20 points, you know, in the election. That's, that's pretty much what we're heading for right now. Um, so I just want people to be aware of that. Yeah. And then it'll be, you know, like Trump getting reelected is a thing that makes everyone finally go get the vaccine who wouldn't do it before. And that's, that'll be like the irony of it all. <laughs> hey, he fucking but, said, I don't know if you saw the other day, he was getting interviewed by like Tucker Carlson or somebody at some event and like they asked him about his vaccine status and i think he kind of got caught off guard because he wasn't expecting a question but he admitted that he did get the booster already so even that fucking idiot got the vaccine i don't know whatever every supposed leftist excuse is on this well, website you remember he got booed at one of his rallies for he saying did, right? go, go get the vaccine that i got for you people um well but... that's the funny thing is like it was developed while he was president so like it you know, by all accounts, he certainly can, you know, no president really should ever claim, you know, whatever. But I mean, he certainly can claim, well, I, I authorized Operation Warp Speed, which gave them the money to do the research to yada yada. Um, so it is funny that like his defense, his and he, and he named it after fucking reference to Star Trek, where all the medicine is free. <laughs> right which is also hilarious um but but it is funny that like his supporters are the most vaccine hesitant by population because it was developed while he was president and you know was done basically by the time biden took office um but yeah i mean you know look that's that's really all we can do at this point because the government again is barely doing anything uh but i do like that we 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 gave them so much shit that we shamed biden into actually doing something semi-magnanimous I also think it's partially because he has COVID right now. Like that's that we're going to find that out in the next couple of days that Biden has COVID because he was exposed yesterday as of recording. We're recording on Wednesday uh, or excuse me, a Tuesday. Uh, I'm all discombobulated because we're recording at not our usual time. Um, but I uh, yeah, as of like yesterday, he was exposed to somebody for like 30 minutes who tested positive uh, today, I believe. And, you know, because he's he just like hangs around out around other vaccinated people without a mask on uh and apparently well, it's hard to it's hard to smell people with your you know your nose in the back of their head if you have a mask it's true it's right just, you don't but, quite but, get that same aroma and like apparently today at one of his press conferences he was coughing and like didn't sound great during it so i'm pretty sure he has covid uh and, and they asked like one of his spokespeople and they're like well the president uh, is asymptomatic today after coming oh, yeah, into contact they wouldn't with answer they wouldn't answer and they just said well he's asymptomatic it's like well that's not how viruses work <laughs> but okay right right no and <laughs> asymptomatic to me means that you have it and that you're asymptomatic because why would you say asymptomatic if you're negative like that's what you would say of course you wouldn't and they're just playing games and they well, you know, know he he, well you know joe biden he can't get a test i mean I, I i get it it's it's hard to find a test right now of course someone like him doesn't have access to I mean, to free rapid tests if joe manchin says joe biden can't have a covid test i mean that's kind of the final word on it you know yeah oh that dastardly joe manchin he, he, he it's his his fault and his alone that we can't get those rapid tests yeah, we should mention that, I guess, for a few minutes, you know, briefly. I mean, it, you know, the the charade kind of concluded this week. Uh, the uh, the charade of the the triple B, the Build Back Bl uh, Better uh, signature piece of legislation that Biden, you know, was was championing, which you know is super funny for him that they couldn't even water it down and make it shitty enough that Joe Manchin could, you know, conceivably get on board because now Biden literally has nothing to run on as like a signature, you know piece of legislation he didn't he hasn't passed a single major piece of legislation outside of the the one covid relief bill that really didn't do much of anything um and 
yeah, Joe Manchin this week went on Fox News and said he will not support it, and that he never was going to support it. Um, but you know, it just people pressuring him made it so that he felt like he had to say it now. And you know, again, this is you know, this is just the 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 you know, he's the villain of the week to make you to make you scream at him and yell at him. But we all knew that this was never going to pass, and that anything good in it would be stripped out. Uh, regardless, because half of the Democrats at least didn't want to vote for any of these things uh, because it would upset the people that put them in those seats. So like they're not going to they're not going to vote for uh, extension of the child tax credit. They're not going to vote for, you know, any of the moderately decent like the paid leave. Oh, my God. Forget about it. Paid fucking leave like mandated paid federal leave. They're, they're never going to vote for that shit. So now that he said he's not going to vote for it in any shape or form, um, they're going to put all the stuff back into it they stripped out to make him happy in the first place, right? They're going to put yeah. those things back in that they took out to try to appease him. Because right. they're going to push through the bill they should have now that they know they'll never have his support regardless, right? Right, of course. That's that's what a log- that If they actually supported those things, that's logically what they would do, right? No, but apparently uh, not the case. And, you know, even... I'm, I'm, I, don't even, I hate the shit on him but even bernie's like playing into this shit he's like well well if uh if joe doesn't want to vote for this then uh we should put it up for a vote and uh, let him vote like it, you th- he's not the person you should be talking to chuck schumer could call for a vote for this in two seconds and he fucking knows that but he's not going to pressure chuck schumer to do it because he wants to also use it as a kind of charade to be like, oh, well, look, it's Joe Manchin. Like, you know, Bernie, you know, it's fucking Joe Biden's fault. Joe Biden does not want any of these things to go through. He does not want to do anything. He's a fucking conservative to his core. He's, I, I mean, just, it, he's the epitome, you know, we're at Christmas time. He's the epitome, epitome of Ebenezer Scrooge. Like this, this, these 500 million uh, COVID rapid relief tests are like the equivalent of giving bob cratchit you know christmas day off begrudgingly because he basically explains to him there would be no one else for us to uh to talk with if we if we have to work on christmas so why are we even going to bother um you know he begrudgingly gives him the day off that's joe biden doing literally anything that can help people because that's just not who he is fundamentally Mm. and he never will be um and speaking of people people, uh that are psychopaths and and don't want to do anything to help people we should briefly talk about Kamala because she was also in the news this week, uh, you know, and also in regards to Joe Manchin, she was on, uh, Charlemagne, the God has a new, uh, like comedy central talk show, I guess. I don't know. The who? Yeah. That's his name. This person's a a God also on top of the other media conglomerate things. He's involved. Yeah. So, so Charlemagne, the God, he's, uh, I don't know what he does outside of just being a radio DJ. I know he was a DJ or maybe still is a DJ in New York, uh, on hot 97, which is like the, the kind of the premier hip hop radio station in New York city and, you know, New York, the New York tri-state area. Um, but he also has kind of become like a, just a media figure who's expanded beyond that. Um, and he, you know, I, I don't particularly care for him. He's very much like a, like black capitalism is the way to save the black community type guy, you know, writes books about like being a mogul and shit like that. So he's not, again, this is not, this guy's not a communist. This guy's not a leftist, but you know, he asked Kamala Harris a pretty like standard question like that. You would think that she would be asked at a time uh, like this, where they're running a full court press, trying to act as if Joe Manchin is the one 
things standing between us and all the things that we need to help us get through covid and get what was through. the what was the format was this uh on radio no no so this was a, he has like a he kind of has like a trevor noah style show where he sits at a desk but he was um interviewing her she was actually it was very weird like this the the scene setup they they he he's like sitting at a desk it looks like he's like at the command station like at the command chair of like the enterprise and she's on this big video screen on the wall in front of him looking like like a fucking you know like a viceroy and um he's interviewing like just her head basically what would god need with the starship <laughs> i don't know no, i can't that, answer that but that's, uh that's literally a line from a star trek movie <laughs> is it fuck yeah um <laughs> i really gotta i gotta watch star trek I, I i was talking about that today at work actually i really want to try to try to get into that because i never really it just came at a weird time in my like, you know, it, it was on when I was too young to really kind of appreciate it, and I never really got around to yeah, well, watching it. But I, I should go back and check out Next Generation at to, least. At, at the very least, yeah, the first season of that show is pretty fucking goofy, but it came out in 1986, and this was on broadcast TV. But it got it got much better quickly after that. Um, the original right. 60s series is almost unwatchable unless you really really like Star Trek. Right, it's like 60s um, Batman, I would imagine. Just, just. But you know. the the movies they made in the 80s with the original cast from the show in the 60s are the <clears throat> kind of the best part of it. Right. Um, and then they did a couple of movies with the, the Next Generation cast that are not, you don't need to watch those if you don't want to. <laughs> <laughs> right, it's um, like the X-Files movie. <laughs> kind of, yeah. It's kind of just like, the show was so much better than this. Um, but yeah, just, I mean, the fact that it's persevered all this time, it's, it was about so much more than, you know, say like Star Wars was, but, uh, that's why they can't make a decent, uh, Star Trek video game. Right. Cause it's, just, it was never about just bl- ships blowing up each other, you know? Um, right. It's easy to make a Star Wars game. Just, you know, either shooty, you know, laser bolts at each other in space or fight with lasers. Like it's a, it's a right. pretty easy translation to a, to a game. And, you know, obviously I think some of the, the 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 good Star Wars will elevate beyond that into actual like you know social commentary and commentary on Empire and things like that, but uh, but certainly there's been a lot of shit churned out. But in, in any event, uh, speaking of shit, uh, let's let's talk again about Kamala Harris because I want to play this clip from the show. She was being interviewed, and you know, again, we've talked a lot about how she is just you know a maniac, and whenever she's questioned in the slightest bit or challenged. She turns into, you know, Cop Mala. She she cannot be questioned. Uh, you won't be able to see this because this is audio. But if you watch this clip, she has her fucking finger out, like you know, like let me tell you, like the point up in the air, like hold her finger up, like like real fucking scolding. Um, and yeah, I'll play the clip and we'll talk about it. But you'll also hear a cameo appearance from uh, her her soon to be retiring aide uh, Simone Sanders. Uh, once this question is asked so I'll play she's on part. the audio too she had to like run interface she she literally no she literally like runs in to try to break the interview up when he starts asking oh her my this god question. okay yeah, let's hear this shit it's great and who's the superhero that's gonna speak against joe manchin no i want to know who's the real president of this country is it by Bi- is it joe biden or joe manchin i'm sorry i didn't want i She, she can hear me. Can you hear me now? Can you hear me, Madam okay. Vice President? Oh, I'm sorry. You got a rap? Oh. So I'm, I'm sorry to interrupt. They're acting like they can't hear me. I can hear you. Oh, so who's the real, so who's the real president of this country? Is it Joe Manchin or Joe Biden? Joe Manchin. 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 Joe
Madam Vice President. Come on, Charlemagne. I really. Come on. I, it's Joe Biden. I can't no, tell no, no, sometimes. No, 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 no. It's Joe wow. Biden. And don't start talking like a Republican <laughs> about asking whether or not he's president. Do you think Joe Manchin and, is and a problem? It's Joe, and, it's Joe, and it's Joe Biden. And I'm vice president. And my name is Kamala Harris. And the reality is because we are in office, we do the things like the child tax credit, which is going to reduce black child poverty by 50 percent on track to do that. We do things that are about saying that our Department of Justice is going to do these investigations and require that we end chokeholds and have body cameras. It is the work of saying we're going to get lead out of pipes and paint. Is she drunk? Because our babies are suffering. <laughs> Listen to her. Of that. She sounds drunk. It is the work of saying people who ride public transit deserve the same kind of dignity that anybody else does. So let's improve that system. It is the work of saying that we have got to bring down prescription drug costs nope. because folks who have diabetes should not be dying because they don't have enough money in their pocket. It's about saying black maternal mortality is a real issue that must be true. That's where the clip cuts off. So, uh, by the way, in the, at the end there, she just starts, you know, obviously filibustering. She names a bunch of shit that they haven't passed. Like the the the, the drug <laughs> right. bill totally failed, you know, and they blamed it on Mansion, but that that didn't pass. Well, it's let, it's, let it's the pipes Anthony, it, you know, we're not going to have a purity test on whether we pass these because it's about these things. <laughs> it's a it's about this. It's about that. It's about like what is the child tax credit is going to expire in December, and it, the the reauthorization in it of it is in the fucking Build Back Better Act, which they're not going to pass, and they never will. Because Joe Manchin won't vote for it. So. But whether it passes or not, that this is this is what it's about. It, See, we're, it, we're about these things, Anthony. <laughs> whether we are in support of them or not doesn't matter because we are I mean, about them. I mean, Donald she was Trump so drunk. Did she eat uh, her alive in a debate? That was one like fairly. Not, I wouldn't even call that a hardball question. That was like a moderately difficult question, and she fucking crumpled. I mean, I've never seen a class like that. Then she started stuttering and she was like caught on repeat. Like she couldn't say Joe Biden's name. Somebody needs to sample that and throw a beat behind it. Like (laughs) and Joe Biden and Joe Biden and Joe Biden and Joe Biden. Like she she couldn't get her words out because she was so mad. You could tell in the video she was furious. Her hand was like up. Her hand was all like stiff. Yeah, Yeah. like she was fucking. And that's again why I said earlier on Twitter uh, and I got a real dumb response. Uh. That no one who's ever been a cop or a prosecutor, everyone who's been a cop or a prosecutor should be barred from public office because they're fucking psychopaths and they they should not be in charge of the well-being of others because they all they've ever done is seek to harm other people with, you know, the 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 jobs that they've carried out. So they're not suited to public office like this. It's just not mm. a position that somebody who is in those roles should ever fill. And she's a great example of why, because she cannot contain herself when she's not even challenged but like just just mildly pushed back on like she demands complete you know loyalty and an unquestioning adoration at all times like it's just again the hillary clinton problem you know all the way down that's 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 what it's that's what this is um but yeah i thought that was really revealing uh of, of who kamala really is because you know 
And, and I love Simone jumping in too, because this is just, again, what we've seen time and time again from this shitty fucking administration is anytime anyone is challenged, there's always going to be the, the, the fucking muscle in the background to try to tackle, you know, like the, the, the protester that got up on stage with Biden, that Jill, that Jill Biden almost fucking, you know, threw off the stage because she <laughs> was holding a sign up in front of her husband. Like that's, that's the kind of shit. Yeah that that you see out of this administration just no accountability whatsoever and just fierce and violent response to any kind of criticism or challenge that's that's really what we can expect from them so mom was flipping their channels tonight we happened upon um some kind of white house uh christmas pageant that was being broadcast live um and it was it was just like jill biden outside the white house it's night and she's talking directly into the camera and with a line of like Marines behind her, uh, <laughs> sort of, sort of like facing in a different direction from the camera, like on an angle. Yeah. And she's, she's like really like gesturing widely with her hands and like talking this really kind of like up and down breathy kind of thing. And she's talking about like the first day I entered the Oval Office as the first lady and I felt the oak doors close behind me and I looked around and upon the thing. And it's just like, what is she doing? Like, what is what's the what's the angle they're driving here with this bit of fluff? (laughs) Like president. I mean, and she kind of I mean, I think she's more in charge than her husband right now. I mean, she's at least least more in charge of her faculties. Right. She's behind the she has somebody behind the wheel. unlike her husband uh, who's, you know, behind the wheel of. Uh, electric vehicles speeding at a wall at 80 miles an hour. But you know, other than that, I don't think he's behind the wheel. I can't. I can't. Much else. God. Um, well, yeah. So, I mean, that was that, that's, you know, I, I think that coupled with the, the Pasaki thing, they kind of, I think were backed into a corner where they had to, um, <laughs> you know, if Joe Biden wasn't such a piece of shit himself, I'd almost feel bad at, for all the shit that he, that he, that he, like his administration kind of, you know, like as it crumbles around him i i think he almost needs to respond with like decent things to to take the heat off of all the the multiple fuck-ups that happen from pasaki from fucking kamala from anyone that speaks for him uh in public uh but i do want to also mention you know while we're while we're on the subject of cops uh and psychopaths who shouldn't be in public office uh the New mayor elect Eric Adams, uh, New York, New York City mayor elect Eric Adams. Yeah, I was going to say, what city is he mayor of? Yeah, uh, he's mayor of uh, the the sixth largest uh, paramilitary force in the in the world, uh, the New York the NYPD. Uh, yeah, th- th- this fucking psychopath uh, has way too much power. And but at least I, he was one of them and understands their perspective. Finally, a New York mayor that uh, respects the police. I was yeah, I was very much worried that that we weren't getting the the you know crack a crack a protester with a baton uh, in the head uh, perspective, and now we we do in fact have that finally in the office a return um, to law and order in the city of York. Yeah, so Eric Adams, you know, ran as a Democrat, uh, is is about as right wing as they come, you know, like most Democrats in New York. But he was being interviewed today, um, and you know, one of the things he like the first he could not wait to to mention this like when he when he won is that he wants to bring back solitary confinement at rikers because i believe that uh de blasio had either put a moratorium on it or put a stop to it because you know it's fucking torture like they use solitary confinement as a means of torture 
um, and you know, international organizations, Amnesty International and groups like that, have recognized it as torture. It you know, it, and it's it's not something that should be ever used on anybody. Um, and Unless they he, want it. If I ever went to prison, I would be like, "Can you just put me in my own room where I don't have to fucking deal with anybody else?" And yes, I know it'll it'll damage me psychologically, but so would having to fucking like so would a shank in my ribs, <laughs> like so you know, no, just like the common everyday things that other people do in close proximity to you. You're like, "Ew, humans are disgusting. Get away from me!" Right? Like right. you fucking you snore and you fucking like hum while you're doing. Look, I would, you're humming. I wouldn't like, just, mind oh. my own my own room. I just don't want it to be like a windowless room with with you know nothing in it but a floor and like a hole for shit and piss in the corner. You know, whatever the fucking solitary that sounds, room. That sounds like a two hundred dollar night Airbnb in some parts of this <laughs> I was country. Say that's five hundred dollar a month apartment in New York City. <laughs> um, but no, so five hundred. Um, say fifteen hundred, and I'd take it. Right. Right. Uh, so yeah, he was being interviewed and asked about this and this was his response to like, Hey, maybe do you not want to lock people in a window, a windowless room for people to continue to say Eric supports solitary confinement. That is just a lie. I support punitive segregation. I am not going to be in a city what? What is- where <laughs> dangerous what? people assault innocent people, go to jail and assault more people. You cannot have a jail system where someone sexually assault a staffer, slash a, an inmate, and then say, it is all right, I'm going to give you an iPad and just hug you and say, don't do it again. No. If you are violent, you must be removed from population so that you don't inflict, inflict violence on other people. That's clear. If you want to work as a partner, Call me. Hear my my understandings and my belief. The one thing that's different from everyone that signed that letter and Eric Adams, I wore a bulletproof vest for 22 years and protected the people of this city. And when you do that, then you have the right to question me on safety and public safety matters. I think I know a little something about this. I'm going to protect my correction officers. I'm going to protect the inmates that are serving time. And I'm not going to allow violent people to do violence and think they can do it without being held accountable. And we can do it in a humane fashion. And if anyone wants to talk to me about that, don't write a letter. Call me and speak with me. That is how we're going to resolve <laughs> Don't like this. reading. There's don't a write body of people that are coming into the city council. They have no desire in moving our city forward. Their desire is to be disruptive. What I am going to do, I'm going to ignore them. I'm going to stay committed, undistracted, and I'm going to grind. If they like it or not, what? I'm the mayor. <laughs> yeah, so he he's both delusional, full of himself, and a fucking idiot, as I'm sure you could tell by that clip. Um, it's amazing that this guy got elected. Um, I, I genuinely I mean, don't understand look at the competition. How it, uh, it was it was right. like right when you have Andrew Yang talking about how much he loves you know a genocidal country like Israel right after they uh, bombed the shit out of Gaza. Yeah, that's I mean you know again the, competition the thing is, was he's not so stiff. all over the place where he's like. He's a you terrible know, public speaker. Like, what the fuck? He, he's like, well, if anyone has a problem with this, just, you know, contact my office. We'll talk about it. Also, <laughs> don't I'm, write I'm going to ignore them at the same time. It's like, what? 
Like you're so your your office door is open for people to come and have you ignore them. But not for the city council, you know, the people that you elected to actually put a check on me. I'm going to ignore those people because right. I don't believe in now, any kind of system of checks the, and balances. The, the point he makes there about, you know, if somebody shanks somebody, if somebody is doing violence against other people in prison, like, yes, you you should isolate them for a period of time. Um, but then he says, well, because I wore, a, you know, I wore a, a badge and a, and a bulletproof vest for 22 years. So how dare you question me? It's like you're you're a public official. You can't have that kind of contempt. You're the, for the mayor public of the city. Yes, you it, that that you did as a cop. But it's obviously he still has that contempt. And it's right, like you don't have a right to question me and my authority because I risked my life to do crime things, right? And it's like if you, if you have that attitude, people are going to burn you for it, right? Because if if you talk that way to the to the press to try to look tough to the public that's one thing but he's gonna he's gonna direct that towards the press when they start asking him more questions right and once he loses the favor of the press then they're gonna crucify him right right and which you know they they really should have done already in the primaries when we found out that he doesn't fucking live in new york and that he was trying to pass off his son's fucking apartment that he's the landlord of as like his primary residence when there was literally like a bed in the middle of an empty room and like a bunch of like Jordans <laughs> piled up in the corner. He's like, Oh no, this is my, this is my apartment. I live here all the time. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> it's like, all right, dude, fucking that, that hilarious charade. Um, yeah. Eric Adams is a fucking moron. He's a piece of shit. And, but the, the best is the first, the first thing he says, I do not support solitary confinement. I support segregation of violent. <laughs> it's punitive like punitive segregation. Punitive, punitive segrega- segregation. Like what a weird way to like, yeah, I no, just when you think of Eric Adams, think of segregation. That's, that's what I want you to take away from this. I don't want you to think I'm for solitary confinement. Like, is that, is that like enhanced interrogation instead of torture? Like you literally, that's the same yeah. thing. Like what the yeah. f- you fucking idiot. Like, <laughs> I don't want people to say I support uh solitary confinement, but like, that's literally what you support, dude. And that's he like just, what you're he trying needs to, to find a better, they need to, to, to workshop a better name, you know, like to, to take a little bit of both, change it to uh solitary segregation. <laughs> X you know? with the aggregation say like, that's it's, not a you know, it's, <laughs> it's, imagery. It's not, not what we want to invoke. Exactly. Um, and, and of course, you know, I mean, this is not even we could have a two hour podcast about the prison system in this country alone and how it's designed for recidivism because it's a fucking for profit industry like every other uh, fucking thing in this country. And it is designed not to rehabilitate, but to uh, cause recidivism because these private prison companies uh, make money on the fact that these people will end up back there because they have no other options in this capitalist hellhole that we live in. Um, and he knows that, or I don't even know if he's smart enough to know that, but if he is, he, I'm sure he knows that and doesn't give a fuck. Um, he just knows, you know, that they're the only thing between me getting home alive and, you know, ended up in a, in a, in a coffin is, is, you know, me and my gun is the only thing in between that. So I got to take care of myself and ask questions later. And who are you to question me? If you, you know, how many, how many protester skulls have you caved in with your billy club? Like, I don't want to hear it unless you've caved in six skulls, basically is what this fucking idiot is saying um so anyway uh that's eric adams <laughs> um bri- uh, so uh, two other things a couple other things we want to touch on oh you know briefly I-, I wanted to mention this uh when we were doing the covid stuff but uh you know it slipped my mind to to interject it but you know a, a big thing that you hear from a lot of the the anti-vax crowd and especially the anti-vax 
uh, leftist uh, crowd who who claims that they're not anti-vax, that they just, you know, are, are about vaccine safety and bullshit like that. Like, they're just, you know, total fucking straw men when they're really just doing the exact same thing that the anti-vaxxers are doing and just claiming that they're somehow still on the left when they're advocating for a measure that it harms public safety and is, like, bad for the collective. Um, they talk about, you know, the risk of myocarditis in... Uh, young men who take the vaccine and you know it has been an observed side effect in some population of of younger men i think it was like 18 to 20 for what uh, is it called again myocarditis which is just heart inflammation yeah and, and i don't mean just it's bad it's you know it's heart inflammation can lead to a myocardial myocardial infarction uh which is a heart attack uh but uh so the prevalence of of myocarditis uh you know and 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 i just wanted to look into the numbers of this because this is something that they cite all the time as if you know young men around the world are dropping dead left and right from the vaccine which you know uh you feel like would be a bigger story if that was actually the case so <clears throat> excuse me um i hear i want to just read some of the results uh of of, of myocarditis uh, and this is from the New England Journal Journal of Medicine, a very well-respected medical journal. Um, among the more than 2.5 million, uh, million vaccinated healthcare organization members who were 16 uh, years of age or older, 54 cases met the criteria for myocarditis. So 54 people out of 2.5 million had myocarditis. Uh, the estimated incidence per 100,000 persons who had received at least one dose of the vaccine was 2.13 cases uh, per 100,000 persons. So two out of 100,000 people had myocarditis, so some heart inflammation from... And, and, you know, again, who knows if it's even from the vaccine or they just had heart inflammation, you know, after the vaccine. Right. Well, and this is... We talked about and, this out here, but it's it, this this thing where it's like people with through their own process of confirmation bias assume that any kind of adverse health event adverse health event that happens at any point uh after you do a thing that you know was to prevent or you know any, anything you can attribute to well i i i stubbed my toe uh the right. day after i got the the vaccine so obviously my you know my nervous system was affected for me to have been so clumsy to stub my toe so obviously the vaccine it, you know is is doing something that's that's attacking the cellular membranes of, of my neural synapses. It's, it's like they just fucking come up with whatever thing they have because they have an ideology they want to present. Right. Um, like I get headaches all the time. It clearly must be some kind of a vaccine right. complication and not the fact that like I have, you know, a poor diet or, or, you know, just a genetic, whatever, like wh right. who knows? Like I, people get, I get fucking health things all the time. My knee started clicking the other day. All of a sudden I'm like, Oh, I guess that's, I guess that's my new thing now. Like my knees get a click because well, it, obviously it that time you spared repaired. at the state department, you got Havana syndrome and now your fucking knees pop, Anthony. Right. And again, that's, it, this is just Havana syndrome on a, on a, on a bigger scale, but a, a, I guess a more minor scale in some degree. But so no, I looked at that number and I was like, Oh, okay. 2.5 per hundred thousand. So I wonder how uh, COVID-19 actually affects people uh, in terms of myocarditis, because that's actually a complication of, actually being infected with COVID is getting myocarditis. So uh, according to CDC data, I know the evil CDC with their fake data, um, and this is cited by McGill uh, College, uh, uh, estimated COVID caused 122 excess cases of myocarditis per 100,000 infections. 
uh, significantly more than the the 54 per 100,000 that the vaccine may or may not have caused. So even if you want to just go purely on the binary of get the vaccine or get COVID, because, because all these people are also banging on about, oh, well, natural immunity is a better protection, you are almost three times as likely to get uh, to have myocarditis as a uh, complication from getting COVID rather than from getting the vaccine. Well, and, and that's point, it's, it's true that natural immunity is better for your immune system if you're fighting off something that's not potentially lethal and right. isn't going to have lasting health damage to your lungs. The way that we've seen when these long-term COVID cases where people just, they never completely recover. Just permanent lung scarring. You, right. You and and I've always that said this, that, you know, we, we over-vaccinate for things that aren't, aren't life-threatening. Things like chickenpox. I mean, very few people are going to have any long-term effects or die from chickenpox. There's a few. Well, and that's where the for-profit, you know, the for-profit drug industry comes into play because they will, you know, push things like the like right. the you know the the fucking uh the the vax the shingles vaccines things like that uh which you know you probably don't need to take because it's not going to kill you it's just going to be unpleasant <laughs> if you do get it but you know. shingles the roofer's disease <laughs> right <laughs> um where it is obviously being pushed because they want to make money on this thing that they came up with a vaccine for this is not that situation this is a fucking once in a you know, multi-century situation. Like we've never experienced anything like this in our life. Or one that used to be a multi-century situation. Right. Now, now, now a situation that lasts multiple centuries. Right. Much yeah. like climate, much like climate change. <laughs> we, we get a once in a century storm yeah. every year and a half or so. Um, so you, know. you sent me that, that uh, Jimmy Dore um, RFK junior clip. And I, I think it's probably too long for us to play, but I wanted to, to chat about that uh, specifically yeah. for a couple seconds because um, th- this guy RFK, RFK is it JFK? Yeah. No, it's RFK, no, RFK Jr. It, it's, it's Robert Kennedy's yeah son. Yeah. yeah, and he's always been opposed to all vaccines for everything. He's that much of a fucking nutter, and, and, he, and he uses fake data all the time to confirm his. You well, know. Not even just fake data, but the way he presents the data is so right. glaringly just stupid that like you right. don't even have to know if the data is correct or not to know that what he's saying is wrong and. Door has gotten more and more anti-vaxxer and we we posted something about him on our Facebook page and somebody replied being like, well, mm. Door's not anti-vaccine. He's just anti-vaccine mandate. And it was like literally a week later that he, that same person came back and commented again and said, actually, I think you might be right about Jimmy Door." <laughs> no, I, right. I, and I, I do want to actually mention that guy, give him credit because he, you look, it, it does take. Uh, it takes a lot to admit that you were wrong about something. And I think, you know, especially we, on the internet. <laughs> no, right. Exactly. And we, you know, look, we defended Jimmy for a while too. And it wasn't about the vaccine shit, but I mean, I think we've defended no. him in the past about other things when people are like, Oh, he's a right wing grifter. And I, and I, you know, I genuinely don't think he was at that point. I think he unfortunately has siloed himself so much into certain opinions. And he's such a combative prick that he can't, you know, whenever he is, he feels like he's slighted by somebody. He kind of really just goes, zero to a hundred and, and berserk yeah, yeah. it goes berserk and, no he's, and he's alienated so many people and i think he's siloed himself and boxed himself into a corner so bad that he now i think feels that the only people he can uh trust and the only people that are his friends are these these uh kind of just weirdo crew of like libertarian leftists who you know don't fucking again you know i think this is really rooted in the fact that they don't have an understanding of empires uh ties to capitalism they, they 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 can you know diagnose something 
uh, like the fact that the U.S. is is like one of the most you know destructive empires in in world history, but they don't have material criticism of capitalism in it and uh, the ability to tie that to our empire. So they end up as these libertarian left lunatics, and you know somebody like Max Blumenthal, who I really ad, ad, you know admired as a reporter and does a lot of great reporting uh, internationally. It's just a fucking dummy when it comes to, to both public health and domestic policy, seemingly, because it's just not something that he spent a lot of his time, I guess, thinking about, researching, yeah, or, reading or he's just on. conveniently forgot stuff because now he's on fucking uh, Jimmy Dore like every other day. Same thing with Aaron Monte, unfortunately. Right. It's just um, really unfortunate to see them kind of like, you know, take that road, like decide like, oh, well, this is this is the road that will offer me a career because there's a lot of people that really want to have their confirmation biases confirmed about this shit yeah and so rfk jr goes on there today or yesterday wherever it was recently and pulls these numbers out of nowhere um says that in in the the testing for one of the covid vaccines i don't remember which one it was there was a control group of some twenty six thousand people or 2600 people i don't know it was a lot of people And in the control group that had the placebo, one person had a heart attack. And in the group that had the vaccine, five people had heart attacks. And he said, see, that means that the vax that the vaccine is five times more likely to kill you than COVID. And it's like, whoa, 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 whoa. Which Jimmy Dore totally agreed with and let fly without any like yeah. follow-up question whatsoever. He's like, when are people gonna wake up? And it's like, okay, first of all, did the people who have heart attacks die? Because a lot of people have heart attacks and don't die. A lot of have people who have heart attacks and are fine. And the source of that heart attack is never one thing. It's a it's a lifetime of things that lead up to that. I, I mean, unless you get unless you get electrocuted and that's how you have a heart attack, right? Right. Your so, heart doesn't so, go from zero to heart attack. And it it, it you right. know it th- th- not every one of those p- two twenty six thousand people had the exact same diet, had the exact same right. lifestyle. Smoke, and it's it's smoke. not a control group for people who have had all the exact same uh, life experiences and right. cardiovascular health. They're not they're not controlling for cardiovascular factors. They're controlling for did you take the vaccine or did you not take the vaccine? That's that's the control here. Okay, right. so he he's he's assuming that people don't know that because I'm sure he knows a lot more than he pretends to not know. Um, and, but then it's, it's like, okay, so did, are you, are you saying that those tests confirmed that those heart attacks were attributed in any way to that vaccine? No, of course he's not saying that because he couldn't possibly say that that because there's no way to have proven that in this short amount of time. It was only how likely are people to get COVID if they've had the vaccine versus not. And that's how they establish its effectiveness rate of 85% to 90% to 95%. That is the that is the control that they're factoring for. Okay? That's how that's how you fucking establish a thing like that. Now, if you had a bunch of deaths that you were like, okay, uh that that's a that's a huge disparity, you know, 1 in 5 one versus five in a group right, of thousands and thousands and of thousands collapsing on the floor, right. then that's a different story. But that's not what was happening. Again, like you're, you're talking about a, a, a health effect that could come from any number of things, lifelong f- factors. That the difference between the number one and the number five in a group of thousands is is so close within a margin of error as to be negligible. And, and he's pretending, oh, it's maybe you're five times more likely to die from the vaccine than you are from COVID. That's just that there's nothing in what he even said that could possibly attribute that. 
Well, and and heart disease is like the number one cause of death among men in in the United States. So, like, literally, that could have been a a statistically uh, normal occurrence of of heart attack in a population that big. Five people out of you know however many thousand. Like, that's probably not a crazy number. Like, considering just any sample size of that many people, you're going to have you know x number of people have heart attacks, x number of people have diabetes you know it's just it's just preposterous to act like that um but he yeah and, and you would that. have to know their heart history like you know how many of those five people had had heart attacks before what were their ages what you know it's just it, it goes on and on and he just it, puts again, it out there it up, right it's not a real thing and, and he's he's not dumb i mean jimmy Dore is dumb but like rfk jr is not dumb he's just picking and choosing whatever he can to try to get people to be afraid of vaccines because he's on this ideological mission. And I've seen it before with people who were on the right side of other environmental issues or health issues where they find that they get the most amount of play with, you know, people who latch on to any conspiracy theory, whether it's chemtrails right. or, you know, was there a third tower at World Trade Center, you know, like just the most ridiculous shit. <laughs> I was going to say um, but I'm sure that's a thing that people believe. What about Building Seven, man? Like, <laughs> right, I mean, right, honestly, right, right. honestly, I do have questions about that. But I'm not gonna. I'm not like making up an entirely new building that wasn't ever there. <laughs> kind no, of right. And RFK Jr. like literally is on the board of a bunch of companies where he like that are that's main focus is like vaccine skepticism. So he has a right. vested monetary interest. And by the way, I don't know if you saw this story that came out last week, but he had a big dinner party at his house. And part of the requirements <laughs> to attend were that his guests had to be vaccinated, which he yeah. claimed that he did not know was on the invitation and that his wife put on there, which means that his wife is, it, you know, uh, who his wife than is? Him. Uh, she, I, I didn't. I, I saw the name. It, it sounded familiar. Cheryl Hines. I'm not sure who she is. Yeah, she's the woman that plays Larry David's wife slash ex wife on Curb Your Enthusiasm. Oh, okay, okay. So she's and, and everyone obviously was, smarter than him. Yeah, no, she's fine. But everyone, everyone's like shock about that whole story was like learning that that Cheryl Hines is married <laughs> to RFK Jr. Right. They were like, "Ooh, what was she, what's she doing with that fucking weirdo?" Women of a certain age were just so enamored with the Kennedys. It's it's just the 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 the, the lowest hanging fucking rung of the Kennedy family tree will pull. You know, like the, the like a Kennedy three could pull like a normal like nine. I think is is a pretty accurate. You know, just if you were born like pre nineteen seventy, Kennedy the third. When you say a, a, a three Kennedy. <laughs> That I mean, that's a that's a that, I don't know if that's a Kennedy one and a half. The fucking, the 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 redhead Kennedy with the foam coming out of the, with the fucking of his mouth. foaming in his mouth and just you know can't even fucking put together coherent sentences. Man, what a what a little fucking weasel that guy was. I'm I'm so glad he fucking tried to primary Ed Markey and got destroyed. That was the perfect end to the fucking Kennedy the 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 you know the the lesser Kennedy dynasty in, in this modern century. Just oh, destroyed yeah. by a fucking 70 year old. Um, well, yeah, speaking so, of uh, political dynasties real quick before we get out of here, um, we should talk about Chile. Yeah. Fuck. Yeah. So uh, Chile had a presidential election, which I'm sure we will uh, go in and claim is invalid any day now. Uh, but they uh, overwhelmingly elected uh, Gabriel Boric, uh, who is a uh, socialist organizer, former uh, union. I believe he was a union organizer. He's he has a back background in activism and in union organizing. Uh, and you know this is effectively the end of the 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 kind of right wing, uh, like cap super pro capitalist market driven uh, economy that they've 
built up in the in the fallout of the 1973 military junta that uh pinochet and his cronies fucking carried out you know with the tacit approval and or maybe help of uh, kissinger and the cia i mean they claim that they didn't actually do anything to help them but they certainly set the scene for oh, that for that right. revolution well, well, to kissinger, happen. kissinger says his exact words were get it done quick <laughs> right we'll look the other way for a while you know so uh yeah this is this is this is great so this guy's name's uh gabriel bork i don't know right. if i'm saying i mean bork seems like that's there's only one way to pronounce it but there might be a little bit of inflection that i'm not doing correctly so uh apologies if that's the case but um so yeah i didn't i didn't really i wasn't following this election i didn't know anything about it but like there's there's just more and more good elections for the left socialism in latin america and the cia is apparently getting less and less effective at toppling them or <laughs> letting them um uh, you know preventing those elections from happening in the first right. place yeah. and, but i see this headline today <laughs> this is this is great. Los Angeles Times. Chile's new president, Gabriel Boric, is a Swifty. That's right. He's a fan of Taylor Swift. <laughs> I saw that. <laughs> you saw that? <laughs> yeah, he posted so. he posted a bunch of because I mean this guy is literally like uh, he's 35. I, he's 35. He's like he's you know younger than you. He's like around my age. This guy is fucking like there's pictures of him like you know just with like long hair and a long beard wearing like a like a tool or a nine inch nails hat like he's just like a like a like a le- he's literally just like a leftist dude bro like you know in the best and worst sense of the word <laughs> just like you see him at, like at fucking music festivals and shit and this guy's a president of Chile because he actually has really good politics and he was a good uh, public speaker and you know they were sick of the fucking nightmare. Uh, capitalist hellscape that was forced upon them when when uh, Pinochet, uh, you know, enacted his bloody fucking coup where he was just throwing communists out of helicopters like that's, you know, that the right wing loves to fucking, you know, put Pinochet on on their shirts for that fucking reason, because uh, he was a psychopath. Um, and uh, this guy, Boric, is going to come in and he has already said we're tearing up the Pinochet Constitution and starting over, which is mm-hmm. such a fucking power move. Like, I just. I fucking love it. Like, fuck you. Fuck your bullshit constitution. I'm going to institute a government of the people. I'm going to make sure that people are taken care of like they were for you and your fucking capitalist cronies came in and ruined this fucking country. Um, so, you know, anytime awesome. the left has a win, you know that, uh, you know, mainstream media is going to be like, wow, the people have really, really spoken here. This is really significant, right? Right. No, that's not at all what they're going to do. They're going to no? undermine it. They're going to undermine it every way they possibly can. And the BBC was doing it and the Guardian was doing it. Um, the, you know, the thing they love to do is after you have a, a, a huge socialist uprising and say, but is this what the people really want? Like, well, you, well, you know, the, the BBC actually did a good job reporting because they really got they got. um you know, really unbiased, uh, uh, like uh, <laughs> unbiased opinions from people on the street, random people like uh, one voter uh, named Gonzalo Pinochet that they stopped on the street <laughs> and asked what he thought. Uh, he was not a big fan. Uh, what's uh, what's of, the what's what are the odds there? What are the odds, Anthony? <laughs> Gonzalo Pinochet, who is, by the way, related to Augusto Pinochet, the right wing dictator uh, is of he's, Chile, he's grandson or probably great-grandson? like great grandson. Yeah, some some fucking yeah. fail son. But yeah, no, he literally is fucking related to Augusto Pinochet, and this is the guy that BBC answer uh, asked this, for shit like this. You know, the fact that like Anna Navarro, whose father ran it like a right wing Nicaraguan death squad, the fact that she can be on TV on the View. 
it's just insane. It's like I, I finally yesterday I finally understood like why the Bolsheviks killed the entire Romanov family. That it was like, nope, we got to kill the kids too because it's the fucking disease never goes away. <laughs> well, and and you know, speaking of the kids, uh, Boric's uh, opponent, uh, Jose uh, Cast, uh, his father was a Nazi officer in World War Two. Not his just father, Hitler Youth, not just Hitler Youth. He but was an a actual Nazi officer. officer. <laughs> so that's that's that was the two choices in this election was like a socialist or a fucking Nazi. And, you know, so obviously I'm sure the Jerusalem Post and uh, a newspaper based in Israel would be super happy that the son of a Nazi, the right wing son of a Nazi uh, officer did not win the election. Right. And that's what, that. You'd that's what I would that. imagine. But apparently from today's Jerusalem Post, uh, anti-Zionist Boric's presidential win leaves Chile's Jews worried. Man, I really would love to see what Chile's Jews' opinions would oh have been God. if the son of a former Nazi officer had been elected president of their country. It's, you know, and, and Zionism is just another form of white nationalism, right? Right. So I, I, I see, I see I had a couple headlines here about um, about uh, our man here. Um, so this is from, uh, I don't know who this is from. Oh, this is from Reuters. Reuters. Uh Chile miners brace as president elect signals environmental crackdown. Chile miners. So <laughs> by miners, you're thinking the coal miners who might be out of a job, right? Turns out, no. In this article, the, the miners, by miners, they mean the mining companies. Not a single oh. miner is actually mentioned in the story. So yeah. that was the, 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 the tweet from the person who tweeted it out uh, that I saw. And I, I, I replied to them. You know, uh, what would we do without Reuters looking out for the little mom and pop multinational conglomerates? <laughs> Seriously. But the article goes on and it's it's this is this is the, the part where you're like, uh, this how long is this kid going to be allowed to live? Because uh, copper is Chile's largest export <clears throat> and Chile also has the world's largest reserve of lithium. <laughs> you know, that thing that right. Elon Musk, Musk said we should uh, wage a coup against Venezuela to take control of. Right. Which yeah. I'm sure I'm sure Gabriel Bork is very well aware of. So I'm sure he would have a great fucking response. I, I, I don't know how well his English, how well he speaks English, but I hope for our sake uh, and for comedy's sake that he speaks good English, because I feel like he would have a very uh, funny Twitter presence if he chose to. He seems like the type that would, yeah. <laughs> would well, shit and, all and over the maniac billionaires in this country. The other thing the media loves to do is try to, to you know just, just downplay how much of a, a landslide win somebody has you know and then and then say it's like well it's their it's their job to you know reach out to the you know because it's like well if you're a socialist if you're a right winger you know it's fine if you have these you know uh rock steady principles you never shake from but if you're on the left you're supposed to cater to those people on the right and compromise everything right so right headline here from uh the guardian Mm -hmm. um gabriel boric beat the far right in chile now he has to unite a divided country Remember, no, he doesn't. divided country. No, no he, he doesn't. doesn't. The country's not divided for the <laughs> for, for one. So it's, it, it starts off here. And I love when like the, you know, the, the content of the article completely betrays the, the sort of the, the subtext of the title. <clears throat> so it says here, uh, the former student Firebrand will need all his powers of persuasion and pragmatism if he is to deliver on his promises. <laughs> no, no, he doesn't. They just can't conceive of a world where somebody actually fucking does something. Like, that's right. just so foreign to them that you would actually go in and, like, say, we're going to rip the Constitution up. That's like, 
they would they want to jump off a fucking off the top of an office building that's horrifying to them the notion of that type of bold like fast change is, is so is horrifying so remember this is a divided country we're talking about and he has to use his powers of persuasion to win over the people that didn't vote for him and then the article starts here victory is sweet the hundreds of thousands of chileans who took to the streets to celebrate the victory of the left-wing former student leader gabriel boric in chile's presidential runoff election certainly thought so boric won with a 12-point margin and a historic number of votes imposing wow a convincing defeat on the right-wing candidate Jose Antonio Cast that few would have predicted only a month ago. So what 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 part of that sounds like a divided country that he needs to win over? Yeah. No, but- I, I really think he does need to reach out to the, the, the son of a Nazi officer supporters and really find a middle ground between what he wants to do and what they want from the uh, country. So the the you know what what they're really trying to say here, yeah, I think, is illustrated with uh, two paragraphs from a BBC article um, that really kind of like show you how they're reading the room, what they really care about, what their real concerns are, is well, this. Once the most stable economy in Latin America, Chile uh. has one of the world's largest income gaps, with one percent of the population owning twenty five percent of the country's wealth, according to the United Nations. Chile's currency. The peso plunged to a record low against the U.S. dollar after Mr. Boric's victory. Stock markets fell by 10%, with mining stocks performing particularly bad. Investors are worried stability and profits will suffer as a result of higher taxes and tighter government regulation of business. So really what they're saying is like, well, he better reach out to us, otherwise we're going to lose more money. That's all it is. That's yes, all it is. That is that is actually an optimal uh, outcome of the situation. So th- thank you for continuing to play into the, the fucking. <laughs> yeah. You, you, you think the fucking poor people who live in Chile have their money in the stock market? No, it's the rich capitalist fucks who came in there, right. you know, when Pinochet took over and, you know, so the, turned the them sti- into a market stability, economy. Stability of the market is is a big concern to that one percent of the people who own twenty five five percent of the country's wealth, and right. nobody who actually voted for him. So why the oh, fuck would you re- out, reach out to those people? You and, don't. And the best thing is that because none of them voted for him, like they're gonna whine and cry, like you have to help us. And he's just gonna look at them and say, "No, I don't." Like, what? Why? Why would I want to? help stabilize a system that I'm ideologically opposed to that was only, you know, instituted in the 1970s in this country. Like why the fuck would I, you know, he wants to take a hammer to it and smash it into a million pieces, like, which, you know, that's what we need to do in this country, but it's, it's just so institutionalized and ingrained and has been here since the founding of this country, pretty much this market based economy, thanks to fucking Alexander Hamilton. And, you know, I'm sure that's you know they, they don't they don't talk about the negative aspects of that in the uh in the hit hip-hop broadway musical but uh yeah so it, it's just you know i wonder why yeah i wonder why i fucking love it i, I was just googling him out while we were talking about him there's a picture of him sitting in a uh what looked like a very official meeting with a nirvana t-shirt so this guy is already my favorite motherfucker oh, yeah. uh, ever elected <laughs> to public office like he's just it's so article, fucking funny the author had to be like well it remains to be seen if he's gonna be successful in the and i'm like shut up dude shut the fuck up. <laughs> just like, you, you gotta you got a picture of yourself next to the guy wearing the nirvana shirt you could show a little fucking respect <laughs> <laughs> no but I, I, yeah i'm super glad about this i'm sure the cia will be in there any day now to try to institute Juan Guaito as the interim president of chile or whatever but for now it's a good good thing and it's actually a good sign because i think there's a lot of there's a rising tide of socialism and communism uh, in Latin America. And we're really seeing that, you know, yeah. in response to just the the brutality 
of the capitalist response to this pandemic. I think it's exacerbated and really accelerated this 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 red tide that we were, you know, already seeing kind of you know the the sparks of. Uh, I think it's really ignited because of the the starkness with which this pandemic has laid bare like all of the inequities of capitalism. I think you know, and I think when. Bolsonaro has to run again, I think, in a couple of years. Uh, or I, maybe it's even next year. I, I'm not sure about that, but I believe it's coming up. Oh, they're uh, going to get the old guy back, right? Fucking Lula is going to be back in there. And, you know, it, yeah. it's just, it's just, it's, it's great news all around. So hopefully that, 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 that red tide makes its way up the, up the, uh, up the continent up here. Uh, and we'll see what happens. Uh, but yeah, real quick before we get out of here, we wanted to, you know, obviously this is our last episode before Christmas. Some of you might be listening to this on Christmas, Christmas, uh, Christmas Eve. I mean, if you need an escape from your fucking shitty family, right. what better way is there to listen to our podcast? Am I right? <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, why, why not listen to Kamala Harris berate Charlemagne the God uh, to escape from your, your psycho family? Um, briefly, we wanted to just touch on uh, some of our favorite Christmas movies because this is something we've, you know, we've talked about before a little bit and we've reviewed a couple of them, but I, I just wanted to kind of like, you know, in the spirit of high fidelity, kind of give our top five Christmas movies and just give a brief little sentence or two about why we like them uh, and why they're important to us. So do you want to start? You want me to start? Uh, you should go first. All right. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah. Start right. at the top so, and um, then work your way down to number one. Yeah, yeah. And these are kind of in no particular order, although I do know my number one. But uh, we'll, we'll go with my number, probably my number five first is... Uh, Jingle All the Way, the 1996 Arnold Schwarzenegger oh, uh, comedy. I knew that was is, coming. I knew that was coming. I know. Because I mentioned I, I foreshadowed it uh, earlier when I. It's in the look. It's it's dumb, it, but it, it I, I I you know it's it's funny and I, and it, it, it's cert, I saw it like at kind of the height of my Arnold fandom because I I think that was a, the age I was kind of finally started like started to be allowed to watch R-rated movies. So that was when I started watching. That was you know, R-rated. T2. No, 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 God, I was no. Gonna say. But, but no, but no, that's where I saw, you know, fucking True Lies and T2 and like a lot of those movies for the first time. I was uh, fucking what, like eight years old when that came out? This came out. So mm. I was, I, I was in a, like a heavy Arnold phase and this movie came out when I was a kid. So it was like, you know, the fucking thing uh, at the time. And yeah, you know, it, it's, it's still fucking funny. Like I actually really think he's an underrated. Uh, comedic actor and you know you kind of see his comedic chops in some of his more serious roles when he kind of lets himself mm-hmm. be funny um and, and he's not like a great actor you know the great thespian by any means but i well, think he's they, a very you've never seen kindergarten cop if you don't think he's a great <laughs> actor right but but he's funny he's fucking funny in that movie too it's a dumbass movie but he's fun he's he's he he's good at like understanding that he's physically a funny looking person you know like he's he sounds like a fucking like he, like a weird like he he knows right. that he's funny and he's not afraid to make himself look like a fool which is like the one of the big keys of like over the top broad comedic acting and i think he really gets that so I, yeah. I, I, and fucking sinbad's really funny in this movie too another guy who understands that he's like ridiculous but is good at playing into that so i i thought they had a good 
comedic rapport in this movie um all right number four got, yeah and it's whatever you know it's it, it's it's good uh number four uh is a movie that uh i i don't know if we ever talked about on the show but uh muppet christmas carol which is you know you, I, you bring that up every year by the way i do i do <laughs> we never reviewed it or anything but I, I it's fucking great and like I, I i genuinely like the christmas carol like as a story in general just charles dickens you know 1800s uh classic you know uh victorian ghost story the christmas carol um because it it, it is one of the truly anti-capitalist uh christmas stories that you'll find uh about how you need to terrify a rich person by visiting them with three fucking you know ghosts to make them not be as much of a rich shit bag and like give back to you know to others uh but you know it, it like it, it's just it, it's a it's a message that still kind of resonates because our uh fucking psychotic billionaires in this country uh don't uh you know they it, you, you have to imagine like how many ghosts it would actually take like elon musk to, act, to start being like a charitable not shitty person oh he would monetize the, the ghosts immediately <laughs> he, would, he would put them to work at tesla's he'd be like all right well you know he we would, can't put yeah. real people behind the wheel of these self-driving cars because we keep killing them but uh why don't we why don't we put the ghost behind because if they crash they'll be fine um elon would would hire the 2016 ghostbusters and then they would capture the ghosts and then make the ghosts perform for money right it would be the whole thing it'd be great I, but, I but no but real but real quick so muppet christmas carol like obviously you know yeah it's a muppet whatever but it weirdly is like one of the most played straight adaptations you'll ever see of a christmas carol because it's michael kane yeah it's fucking michael kane yeah and and he brings such a pathos to the role where like you think like oh this is a children's movie and the dude like has you fucking like almost in tears because he's just such a good actor and he plays the the kind of like the the erosion of his of his of his young life where he just is so like driven by the by the acquisition of wealth that he lets the love of his life leave him and he really like he conveys it so well just because he's such a great classically trained actor that he can't help it but you know do you ever see michael that- brown do you ever see that movie with michael kane as michael no brown? no it, it's like a modern uh what if what if a pensioner old guy like went all taxi driver on some fucking punks oh right? nice nice and i gotta check that out it, that it's a good. really dark gritty movie it's 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 fucking probably one of the most violent movies i've seen wow um with anybody let alone michael kane great classic actor so oh yeah and and just honorable mention also to the patrick stewart 90s uh christmas carol because he also fucking kills it as ebenezer scrooge Uh, were there muppets in that one with uh patrick stewart uh no 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 no. that was was, uh, a opportunity that was actually a Hallmark uh, Christmas Carol movie, which so the production quality of like the ghost is real shitty, but he's, you know, he's Patrick, he's Patrick Stewart. So he's going to fucking elevate anything oh, he's in. Regardless. You, can, you can put him in like the shittiest show in the world and he'll be just fucking spinning circles around it. Yeah, right. And, you know, that turn is important when when Scrooge sees the light. So that's a tough thing to pull off as mm-hmm. an actor. But um, yeah, so that's my number four. Um, I guess I am kind of ranking these in order. My number three is Home Alone, the first Home Alone movie I was I was uh, debating between one and two. Uh, And, you know, as a New York kid, I did love two at the time because I recognize so many things in it. And it's like a quintessential New York Christmas movie. But, I mean, you can't beat the first Home Alone. It's just fucking iconic. You know, anyone of a certain age, uh, especially of of my kind of generation, just grew up watching that movie and fucking loving it. Uh, It still, you know, holds up. It's, you know, it's on TV every year around this time and it's it's still fucking funny and it still holds up 
you know, one of the all time great kid actor performances, which, you know, we've talked about on the show, how it's really hard to find a good kid actor who's not going to, I mean, that can make or break a project and especially a project like this where he's, it's basically like it can make or away. break the kid too. I mean, well, think right. how child actors, you know, were, were famous until they hit puberty and then just fucking turned it. Right. The, I mean, unfortunately, addiction. you know, Macaulay Culkin kind of could have went that way. He's, he's, he's good now. He's, he's doing well now, but like he, you know, had a, had a rough upbringing because of this, this fame yeah. that he achieved. But I mean, he basically is, it's like a one most of the movie he fucking carries the movie on his back. Kid has never acted in anything major before and carries like an entire big budget fucking John Hughes Hollywood movie on his back and is great. So, uh, yeah, for sure. Number three, it's a classic. Even if you've seen it so many times, you can't stand it, but right. And a great uh, Chicago suburbs movie, <laughs> not a ton of Chicago city action in it, but a great, a great just suburban America movie. Like, yeah, you, and, and suburban Chicago, like the old suburbs of Chicago are still on the actual city grid. So it is, it's, it is still really Chicago, actually. Right. Well, that, that was the thing that amazed me is because, like, I, I saw, like, a bunch of people, like, because there was something where, like, for the 20-whatever anniversary, they're, like, renting out the house as, like, an Airbnb. And I was looking at it on a map. I was like, oh, fuck. It's, like, right there. It's in Chicago. It's not, like... Like when you think of New York suburbs, they're like forty minutes away by car. Like this is right. like well, in, there. In Ch- you Chicago walk has there suburbs that are forty Chicago. minutes away, but sure, sure, but they have like they have different. They're they're different cities, <laughs> right? Like right. Evans, like Evanston, whereas the the immediate suburbs around Chicago just have different neighborhood names that are outside the city limit. Like there, and if you ride, you know, you know, your bike out there, or car, you'll you'll never know where the city limit is because it still looks the same. Right, it just transitions into it pretty seamlessly, which I, I thought was interesting. Yeah, yeah. Um, but but yeah. So no, just a classic movie. Uh, love it. Uh, my number two, which is a movie we've re- we've reviewed before, uh, of course, Die Hard. Fucking great, just all time great action movie, all time great eighties movie. Um, you know, Bruce Willis's best fucking performance. It, this is before he became, uh, you know, an action star and felt the need to like do the same shit that every action star did in the eighties. But I mean, you know, he, and of course we reviewed this and you should go back and check out our review of this. Cause we talked about this movie for two hours, but just the great thing about this, this movie is that he's just an everyman. He's not a, you know, roided freak like Arnold was in predator. Like he's just, he's a guy that looks like you, like you, you would be like, could be in this situation conceivably. Uh, you know, he's got shitty hair. He's like wearing a wife beater. He's got no shoes on. Like, he's just a guy. He's not like ripped or in like amazing shape. He's just a guy who gets thrust into a fucked up situation where he's trying to like save his estranged wife, uh, estranged wife's life and like everyone else in this building and well, like does extraordinary shit. What is significant about our review is that we did it many years ago uh, before everyone got on this Die Hard as a Christmas movie bandwagon. We were right, like right. one of the first people to to put it out there. That this was the case. Um, and, and not just that it takes place at Christmas, but it's it's a quintessential, you know, man trying to get back to his family in time for Christmas. Story. <laughs> right. 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 That is that is one of the most important themes of a Chris. I mean, it doesn't have to be a man. It could be, you know, Kevin McAllister. Well, I mean, he's a man. He's a child man. But, you know, there, <laughs> it's, it's it's, you know, the, the fucking right. uh, it's a wonderful life. You know, same same fucking shit. Like, right. hey, you know, I probably shouldn't be so self-destructive because I have a family that I care for. and I want to try to get back together with it, it, it. Selflessness is a key 
uh, component of a Christmas movie, and that's something that Die Hard, I think, certainly yes. is a main theme of Die Hard, and that's you know that's that's why it's definitely a Christmas movie, and you people are crazy who say it isn't. Um, even even Die no- Hard Two, even Die Hard Two is a Christmas movie. It's on right. the list if you look. It is. It is for <laughs> and sure. And I haven't it's seen it so but long. I don't it, know it if is, it is or not, but it's you know it's good. It's not. It's not die hard it's it, it it was it was the it was the beginning of his tr- you know downward trajectory right. but it's still an enjoyable movie to go back and watch you know but that's the, air, the airport one everybody wanted you know it was like uh, once something good comes out everyone's like well let's do that but what if it was in a different place you know and die hard 2 was the first movie to do that because it was like well right. what if die hard, die hard in an airport, airport? exactly <laughs> what if and, die hard but on a ship what if die hard but on a tra- you know it was just like right. die hard on a train it. die hard on an airplane die and hard he, in the mall yeah. die and hard he, in the tower you had last boy scout like what if we had die hard in a football stadium you know it's just like when they knew that that rock movie that came out a few years ago where nev campbell was his wife and it was like what if it what if we did die hard but in a much taller building like it's the exact same oh, movie but like I in a taller building skyscraper whatever the fuck it was called so, it's so stupid it's so yeah. bad it's actually not a, like a bad action movie the way no, it's done he, but all it, his action is always great i mean he yeah. just chooses like mindless fucking scripts because I don't know if like The Rock like doesn't want to challenge himself. I have no idea if he's a good actor or not. He's never no. done a good role. He's not. I, I just I, I, I can't imagine being a professional actor and never wanting to challenge yourself with like with something that's like elevated beyond the level of just mindless fucking pablum that he does. But whatever. I mean, it's he's one of those, guy in the world. It's, it's one fucking, of those you know, towering inferno type movies where it's it's like like here's the thing you could make a movie like tower and inferno back in the 70s and get away with people like running around inside the building being on fire for hours and nobody would be like this is a bunch of bullshit because we've now seen that in real life and there's no way you can run around a building that's been on fire for hours and 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 survive because that's what happens in this movie with the rock i forget the name of it i think it's just called tower Um, yeah i think it was called skyscraper but but, maybe yeah yeah. but the whole building's on fire the entire movie not not to spoil it and he's inside <laughs> the building for most of the movie and there's like they're they're running around and everything's on fire everywhere but there's no smoke anywhere somehow right and there's no because we've seen the world 9-11 world trade center like you, as soon as anything's on fire the entire room falls full smoke and then you can't breathe and you have to jump to your death out the window right, right. so it's just absurd on that on that level and also from, Christmas. Right. <laughs> and from what I understand, a criminal misuse of Nev Campbell, who's who's a fucking national treasure. I didn't even remember just... her in it, honestly. But... That's what I'm saying. Like, that's why I heard she's like barely in it. But she plays his wife in that movie. Oh, she... yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, and your number my, one? My number one, uh, of course, we, we reviewed this uh, last year, two years ago. Uh, Christmas Vacation, the, uh, the yes. classic National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation just such a fucking great funny movie like my favorite of the vacation movies you know all of which have pre-redeeming qualities uh you know i even love vegas vacation yeah uh but they're all funny and and you know chevy chase is perfectly suited for the clark griswold role you know he never you know I mean, he probably could have had a lot more comedic success if he wasn't just like the world's biggest asshole outside of actual, you know, like when he's on screen. Apparently, he's very yeah, you know, well, difficult, but Jeff Garland's coming for that title, apparently. But, <laughs> right, uh... right. No, but I mean, look, you know, there's him and Bill Murray, like famously, like try to beat the shit out of each other at the backstage in <laughs> SNL show once because Bill Murray like didn't put up with his bullshit. Um, and he's, you know, just Jerry Chase, huge dickhead, but great in this role like he perfectly channels all of his douchery 
into this kind of like every man, like goofy dad, like hapless, bumbling idiot middle America figure. And he's perfect. One, and wants he's a pool great. for no reason other than that's just like the American dream is to own. Well, a he's, pool. he's like the top, <laughs> you know, food, non-nutritive food, uh, additive designer at his, at his big, uh, like Chicago office building. So what else do you do when you make all that money, you know, as the top nutritive, non-nutritive food additive, I don't know, uh, creator than put in a fucking pool. That's what you do. Um, <laughs> That's that's the American dream. That's the American well, dream. Well, you you definitely pulled some classics there, uh, and I won't lie, many of them are good. But I deliberately tried to not do any of the ones that we've reviewed before or movies right. that I knew that you were going to pick. And we didn't trade notes, but I I, I had a sense that half you kinda, you 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 right. we're going to do it. So I, I I was still worried that you would pick some of the ones I picked. So I came out with seven. We don't have to talk at length about them, but I do want to run through them. Yeah, real yeah quick. let's run through them because I'm sure and, they, some of them barely missed my list. So let's yeah, uh, let's run through them. Well, and some of them aren't even movies that I think were good. It's just that I only saw them as a kid. And I remember them being good, even though they're right. probably not. <clears throat> right. And the one that I remember probably the most that is probably the worst hmm. is Santa Claus the movie. Um, which barely features Santa Claus. It's mostly about uh, a drunken Dudley Moore, who was drunk in all of his performances, uh, as an elf, and John Lithgow as an evil toy manufacturer. <laughs> and this came out in 1985, the same year as Back to the Future, and the special effects look like they came from 1975, at least in the trailer. They look fucking terrible, but there's some great moments in the trailer um, where somehow Dudley Moore is an elf from... Sam's workshop who finds his way to New York city and becomes a toy consultant for John Lithgow's evil toy corporation. And Lithgow is, is, is so amazed at all the great ideas this elf from Santa's workshop has for toys. He's like, we're going to make so much money. And Dudley Moore's elf is like, what? But we just give away the toys at the North pole. And John Lithgow's <laughs> like, no, what? It's so much like, so there's a little, I've never, little, I've never even heard of this movie. I, like I'm just Googling oh, it, it now. I can't believe this movie. it's the thing is it's not good it's just kind of like watching john lithgow play like a crazy evil corporate guy and then dudley moore just playing the same shtick he always did you know right right sure it was a contractual obligation they had to pull off um but yeah so that one just popped into my head and but yeah santa claus is not in it it's like he's never i think he's on the movie poster and nowhere else in the movie (laughs) um my number six was Ernest Saves Christmas because <laughs> you were a kid in the 80s right. you knew who Ernest P. Worrell was and none of his movies were funny to anyone except for kids that were maybe like 11 years and younger especially boys it's real right it's real yeah. lowbrow like young boy like, did, humor did you find Pee Wee Herman funny then here's this like you know here's the dumbed down version of Pee Wee Herman yeah here's the alligator farmer version of of that um <laughs> And I don't remember anything about the movie other than that there's a somehow like Ernest ends up on a movie set where they're filming a Christmas movie and he's all right. like, oh boy, Christmas, I can't wait to see. And it turns out it's like an action movie called Christmas Slay, but it's like the the fucking like, S-L-A-Y. yeah, and it's like, you know, Santa Claus fucking <laughs> like blowing up shit and he's a serial killer and Ernest is like, you know, it's like the like beginning that. of Scrooge, basically. It's, Exa- like it's, it's like that. They did the same joke. <laughs> they did the same joke. Exactly. Um, and number five, I'm actually going to go with something recent. The, the current uh, MCU Marvel Hawkeye series is actually really good. And right, it's, it's obviously playing on like a lot of the Disney tropes of, of Christmas stories. They're throwing in a ton of Christmas music into it. And, you know, like Hawkeye has to like take care of this tracksuit mafia uh before he can get back to his family so it's got that whole thing right but it's also got um Haley Streisand who 
He's been in everything lately. He's now playing his, some of his protege, so these older Avengers can uh, go on and, and shuffle off and do other movie projects, and they can leave it up to younger uh, actors to kind of take over. But it's it's really fucking good. And, and I'm realizing more and more how often Marvel is kind of loosening its grasp a little bit and letting the actors do a lot of improv in the talking scenes. And then, you know, the action is all still like previous stuff and they just kind of, you know, paint by numbers there. Um, But, but really letting the actors kind of like come up with shit on the day too. Like the things they're doing while they're talking to each other. That's a really important thing to make it feel organic and just like letting them come up with lines like in the, in the black widow movie with uh, David Harbour and uh, Florence Pugh and, um, ScarJo, they have a dinner scene and they, they, they apparently there's like a take, like a 25 minute take somewhere where they just rift, you know, for one long take and almost none of it made it in the final film. But it, reportedly, it's just them fucking around in huh. character, That's making great. up shit as they go. And I would love to see that someday. I, yeah, no, I, I fucking love David Harbour. That was great. <laughs> yeah. That, like, honestly, this is that, that's why, like, some of their lesser characters are just the better project. You know, like they don't. Like they would never let that happen in like a, in the Avengers movie or like you know the fucking <clears throat> Iron Man movie, but like that shit, you know, it, or the, like not to that extent, but like it, it'll fly like on that or on like the TV shows. Uh, and I'm really glad I haven't watched Hawkeye yet, but I, I do know that there's certainly some teases of introducing some some uh, great characters that that were kind of sort of retconned out of existence that might be coming yeah, back. Yeah, well, reintroducing, the... reintroducing. Yeah, and I won't spoil right, anything. Right. I mean, it's already out there; people know about it. But I know, yeah, I know, you know too. I just don't want to spoil the frame that doesn't hurt. Of course, but, of course. Um, but it's great news because when they when they shit canned all the Netflix shows, we were kind of like, uh, well, they're just doing that so they can reboot them under the the, the Disney umbrella, right? And then a year went by, and another year went by, and another right. year went by, and now well, it's kind of like, fuck, these are the best you know, things you've produced. Why are you not in- integrating these characters? Right. So. And then Kevin Feige kind of like, you know, admits that, yes, this one actor will be back, but we don't know exactly where. And we're all kind of like rubbing our hands together to like, <laughs> right. you know, the meme of the guy kind of leaning out from behind the tree at the barbecue. Um, Y'all got any more Daredevil? Yeah, right, exactly. <laughs> right. You know? and um, so my number four is going to be another, another Marvel, uh, Iron Man 3. Also yes. very much a Christmas movie. Um, I rewatched it recently and didn't remember how much it is, but the, the whole soundtrack is Christmas songs. It's um, every the, Shane Black movie. Like he yeah. fucking, that dude fucking loves Christmas. And what, what else has he directed again? Uh, Lethal Weapon, which of course, you know, Oops, is, is heavily, yeah. he, he directs movies that like aren't Christmas movies, but are like completely set at Christmas time. Like, you know, there's that whole fucking like gun battle at like the tree farm. In Lethal Weapon. Like he just, all of his movies he, that he, that he's like involved with, he loves to put like Christmas uh, as like the backdrop of them. Murder is just so much more wholesome when it's during the special time of year, you know? <laughs> right. That's it's his, you know. Like 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 Michael Mann loves the color blue. Shane Black loves fucking yeah, random well, Christmas trees. Even in the, the, background. the huge CGI robot battle at the end of Iron Man three takes place up above a giant Christmas tree at this like shipyard. It's not an actual tree. It's like like the the dock worker union just put up like a huge like lights like, to make like it cone festive. of lights like hanging from a from like a, a shipping container crane. One of these huge things that lifts up like uh, you know the the shipping containers. And the entire huge fight between all the robots happens flying around in the air above this tree. And it's it's in almost every shot. They try to, you know, get it in there. I mean, it's not probably even real. It's all CGI, but you know what I mean? Right, right. Um, the third one's a movie I've never even seen before, but I was just like for schlock value. Gremlins. Gremlins. I've only seen Gremlins 2. I've never seen the original Gremlins. Really? But I was like, I was like you that know what? Better. 
it, it's you know Gremlins Two is such a fucking bonkers ass movie that that <laughs> Key and Peele sketch about like the writers' room right. uh, for that thing right. and like literally just like one of the funniest sketches ever. Um, the only the only down part of it is at the very end they have a title card that says all of these ideas actually made it into the movie because if you've seen it you already know that so right. it, it like you didn't have to fucking tell us that that was the joke because we got that right um but yeah so whatever gremlins i don't have much to say about it i'll, I'll watch it someday joe dante fucking great like yeah balls to the wall <laughs> 80s movie director you know my number two is the hateful eight oh i like it i like it i like it i didn't you know didn't even and... occur to me and it didn't occur to me because I was I was looking at um what was it was some other Christmas movie they've made a several of with um with fucking what's his name the the guy what oh main 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 Quentin Tarantino guy in that movie fucking uh, uh, Kurt Russell Kurt Russell yes all oh, right he's in like those Netflix like 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 military santa movie wherever the fuck those movies are. well he's got like, the huge santa beard and he looks right. it's like the same fucking beard he had from hateful eight and i was like hey hateful eight <laughs> is in a fucking snowstorm was that also a thing so i i looked it up and uh <laughs> the hateful eight not was released on christmas day in 2016 i, I remember because <laughs> i saw it like the week after christmas me and my friends see we actually saw it at i, I drove like 40 minutes to nourishell because they actually were showing a 70 millimeter print of it because they have a 70 millimeter 70 millimeter projector so you get the ultra wide fucking panoramas that that you know tarantino intended it and that was like a certain like very special screenings like like had the capability to actually show the full right. print of it so we well, fucking saw that shit it was amazing so it, it was released on christmas day which is like such a macabre thing for for quentin tarantino to do <laughs> right and then i, I found an article uh sam jackson says that uh that it is a christmas movie because there's snow and then there's lots of the color red <laughs> is how sam jackson put it <laughs> which is I, I love that he doesn't censor himself in interviews like that um but in the in the movie the character of bob gage who's lying of course but he says that he's just traveling home to see his mother for christmas you, you know, oh uh, shit yeah you're right i forgot about that that's right joe gage, so joe gage yeah joe gage Oh yeah, no, my notes F- are fucking fucked up. Um, I read it wrong. What, I read what's it wrong. his face? Uh, Michael Madsen, right? That's right, right. right, right and right. then in the in the scene where um, Sam Jackson's character starts telling the Confederate general how he tortured, sexually assaulted, and then murdered his son, <laughs> the character of Senior Bob, the entire time through that scene, is playing Silent Night on the piano. Yeah. Oh fuck! I to- yeah, you're right. I totally <laughs> forgot about that. There's very so, subtle little details. But- <laughs> Hateful Eight is totally a Christmas movie, and I only just kind of like realized it today after you told me to make this fucking list. So that's and in the spirit of unity too. I mean, if we can't get a you know a black guy in the the segregation era America and a uh, Confederate soldier to get together to kill uh, a psycho, uh, what 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 is Christmas about if not that? (sighs) Yeah, truly, truly. And then of course my number one. You mentioned it, but it wasn't one of your picks. Is the perfect Christmas movie, Scrooged. <laughs> so, I just, I had never actually seen Scrooged until, like, this year. Like, it's just one of those movies oh I'd God. never, right, I'd never, you know, it's just, it I came out when I was, like, too young to see it, and, that, and like, it just kind of flew under my radar, and I watched it recently because I do love uh, A Christmas Carol and any adaptations of uh, that story, and, of course, I love Bill Murray, so I did watch it uh, recently, like, early in this month and it was fucking great 
Um, but yeah, no, great, great, great fucking movie. Great Bill Murray performance. Very over the top Bill Murray performance. Not like his typical. I, it, it's interesting because I actually was, it was reading. The end, it was the end of 80s Bill Murray. Um, right. He kind of did like, I don't give a fuck Bill Murray. And then he just right. had depressed Bill Murray. And so, I don't even know where he is now, but he you know weirdly he kind of hated this movie like he didn't hate the movie but he hated the cut that was put together this movie because he mm. was very so richard donner directed this who I, I do really like as a director richard donner famous for superman one and the much better version of superman two you know the donner cut of superman two mm-hmm. um but is a very broad comedic director he directed a uh, fucking hard day's night like he's a you know he's a very broad comedic director richard donner and I think Bill Murray wanted to bring a little more gravitas to the role. So I think that he would do kind of less over the top takes. And I think Richard Donner just kept being like bigger, bigger. And he like, would just kind of like to be like, all right, well, yeah, you want big, I'm going to give you the biggest fucking take you can imagine. And I think that's a lot of what actually ended up in the movie. So it's still a great movie, but I actually would love to see like what Bill Murray was trying to do with the performance. Like, I feel like that's, that'd be an interesting, like, not director's cut, but maybe like producer's cut or whatever the fuck uh, to see kind of like, you know, to try to bring the more dramatic elements of the of the Ebenezer Scrooge facsimile that he was playing in this movie. Right. Well, I think it's, you know, like Bill Murray always did more of an understated performance. And then there's that, you know, the, the scene from Stripes where they show up to the to the um, the whole thing, showing off the thing and they show up late and they're they're like what kind of training do you call that and bill murray's like army training sir and they just go totally over the top with it and they right. like the whole thing and then people are like well we just, we want to see bill murray just do that all the time now and it's like but that was only funny because it was out of character for that character right. and right. if you do it all the time then it's not you know like um uh sylvia hoax who played my one of my favorite villains uh of all time in blade runner 2049 was this quiet reserved tense evil uh malvolient character and then has one freak out moment where right. she goes so over the top and her voice gets all kind of like warbly and sing-songy and you're like what the fuck is happening right now <laughs> she got cast as the villain in uh it was it apple tv's uh show called c starring david mimosa I know it's not his name, I just call him Mimosa because it's more fun. <laughs> it where is. he plays himself Cal and it's a post, post-apocalyptic future and everyone's blind except for like a couple people. And she's the villain in it and they they make her do like the, the over-the-top warbly evil sing-songy type like I'm my mind's splitting into half voice right. in every single scene and it completely ruins it. It makes right. the character seem like a farce. So I I know what you mean, and I can I can appreciate why Bill Murray, if that's kind of what happened, and we've seen like, he's you know. he be, he became such a great dramatic actor, and even great yeah. at like bringing gravitas and drama to like a comedic like he's great in Groundhog Day, and actually fully makes you understand the plight of somebody who's just trapped in this eternal fucking hell of like having to live the same day over for like ten thousand years. I think that you know Harold Ramis, the director, said. So I think he, you know, and he fought with Harold Ramis to make that less broad too, because you know Harold Ramis, uh, Egon from Ghostbusters, directed uh, Groundhog Day, and he wanted him to be broad, crazy, funny Bill Murray. And Bill Murray is like, no, I like it's funnier if I'm just like I'm a, a weatherman. I'm a weatherman. I'm miserable. <laughs> I hate my life. I'm a fucking local right. weatherman, like in Pittsburgh. Uh, it's funnier if I'm glib and sarcastic and just say really funny things, like you know. 
<laughs> fucking um but i love that movie that's so good Groundhog. but yeah no great 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 choices uh i, I think a very diverse list if, if you haven't seen these movies yeah. uh you check so, them yeah, out now i want to go back and watch the hateful eight and like totally put my I mean, fucking christmas sweater on and like put get some fucking vegan eggnog and i, I never uh, watched the uh the four-part version that they put on netflix i know, you know it's i like, never watched it either i don't think i did or if i did it was very late and i was drunk and don't remember it um right, so or, i might or, go back and watch that because that's uh <laughs> Yeah. Although Matrix comes out tomorrow, so that'll be occupying my time. I know. I know. I could care less about. I know. That. I know. Go see Spider-Man in the theater. It's so good. Uh, I'll wait till it's streaming. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not trying oh. to go to a theater right now. That's the one movie that could almost coax me out of out of hiding. But that's. I just can't do it. it but it's just. It is. I mean, I could. I could put it as a close second to Infinity War as the best MCU film right. they've ever done. No, I can't fucking wait, and I really hope I can see it at least in some form, even if it's a bootleg before everything in it gets spoiled. But uh, we'll see. And uh, yeah, I know, I know. You, I couldn't remember if it was you or my other friend who like hates the Matrix or like didn't like the Matrix. I just, it's so bizarre. To but, be, the but first like, one's hey, look. okay, but it's just okay. The rest are terrible. Right? No, the rest are terrible. I, I think the first one's a fucking action classic. But I, but I mean, it's certainly not for everyone but i think i think you could even admit you're kind of in the minority on the matrix and not not loving the shit out of that move the first one that was like i don't know it's it's just look look it's not every movie's not for everybody i got it um i hate the lord of the rings like i know i'm in the minority there oh i'm right there with you brother i fucking hate that i hate that fucking movie and that's why it took me so long to get into game of thrones because i was like that's not my genre and i was i I was prejudiced to like dislike it from the start because i was like oh fucking more mordor bullshit walking around you know but yeah i'm not into wizards and spells and everything no 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 no, it's not about that there's only there's really only like one spell that you actually see and it's ridiculous and they never do that ever again and from there on later every spell is like a thing that's invisible right um so yeah all right well i think that wraps us up we uh we've, we've gone on for a while but yeah uh so you know last episode for christmas everyone have a good holiday be safe uh we'll be back uh in the no not in the new year i was gonna say in the new year we'll be back before new year's but we will we'll be back next week uh if you want to support the show rate and view subscribe on uh whatever you listen to us on follow us on soundcloud soundcloud.com slash move left facebook.com slash move left idiots patreon.com slash move left i am uh on twitter at move underscore left uh, and i'm on twitter bike slutty if you go to my page right now you can see the pics i just took today uh, where I went out and rode my bike in a fucking blizzard for fun. Nice, so, nice. Merry Christmas. Yeah. Merry Christmas, everybody. We'll see you next week. It was Christmas Eve, babe In the drunk tank An old man said to me Won't see another one And then I sang a song I turn my face away and dream about you. Got on the lucky one. Came in late to one. I've got a feeling this year's for me and you. So happy Christmas. I can see a better time 
Christmas Day 